Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sportlight Podcast. We're doing things a little bit differently today. For those who are watching on YouTube, we're having a roundtable discussion. I'm here with Dr. Sheldon Martin and with Brian Attridge, CEO of the Utah Youth Soccer Association. And of course, as always, with the founder of Especially for Athletes, Dustin Smith. Welcome to the Sportlight Podcast for parents, coaches, and athletes. The Sportlight refers to the time in an athlete's life when they have increased ability to affect the culture around them and the increased opportunity to learn life's lessons through sports. This podcast aims to help parents and coaches capitalize on their athletes' precious time in the Sportlight. The Sportlight Podcast is brought to you by Especially for Athletes program. Welcome to the new Especially for Athletes Roundtable Series. We're going to get together with groups of people from all different backgrounds and discuss various topics. Today, we've got a great group, great panel here. We've got Brian Attridge, who is the CEO of the Utah Youth Soccer Association. They oversee soccer for, what is it, 58,000? Yeah, nearly 60,000 kids in the state. And that's one of the largest, if not the largest, in the country, right? Well, we're part of the largest youth sports organization in the country, uh, U.S. Youth Soccer, which has about three million kids. Um, but we're the largest youth organization in the state of Utah. Okay, awesome. We also have Dr. Sheldon Martin, mental health counselor, works with uh, not just athletes, but with adults and kids of all ages on a variety of different subjects, including mental health. And my partner, Shad Martin from Especially for Athletes. So I wanted to get you guys together and just have a discussion on several topics, but I'm going to start it off by asking Brian a question. So we just sort of touched on that, nearly 60,000 soccer players, so a massive undertaking to manage that many soccer matches and, and schedules and things like that. You and I have talked before many times about some of the things you're seeing in the sports world that we need to do something about. And, and I credit you and your organization for doing such. You're doing something about it. We've been now involved with you for nearly seven, eight, nine years yeah, with Especially for Athletes. Close to 10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've been had the chance to speak with thousands of your, your athletes over the years. So I commend you for doing that, Brian, and, and taking a, you know, a, an effort to address some of these things. But I wanted to give you the, the mic here for a second. What are some of the things that you're seeing in the soccer community? Because whatever it is in soccer, I promise you it's the same in baseball and football and everything else that's concerning to you and something that we maybe should discuss and try to do something about. Well, um, first I'll just I'll give another shout out to you guys and our partnership over the last nearly 10 years. That, that'd be one of the first things that I'd say is, is our, our goal is to provide um, quality educational and developmental opportunities for our kids and that doesn't just remain on the field and and, and physically with what we're doing Uh, we really want to grow our kids and provide them opportunities to become leaders and that's what we're getting with with especially for athletes what we've got over the last nearly 10 years in our ODP program and what we're doing hope you know trying to do now with our new uh, uh, Utah Youth E4A Leadership Council so thank you Dustin thank you Shad for everything that you guys have done for us um, and for our athletes because we know that it'll make a difference in our association and our in our kids experiences on the field and off the field Um, apart from that I think most recently we've got a little press recently on uh, on what we're doing as far as referee interactions and specifically referee abuse, uh-huh. uh, I don't know. You know, I don't know that I have empirical data from the last 20 years, so I can't tell you definitively that it is this amount worse as far as how referees are treated. But I know uh, more kids are playing soccer, more kids are, are, are 
participating in the sport and they have more access to the internet and to video and and to see what's going on and the way referees are treated is 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 just beyond uh, what should be allowed so we are we're really looking at that and trying to change how referee how the culture looks at referees and their role and how they're treated and how we interact with them so um, we've made some some pretty drastic steps recently to try to change the culture I mean that's like you guys talk a lot about changing culture and and that's what we're trying to do all across the board and specifically right now with referees so uh, we came out with a pretty strict policy that that we have a zero tolerance referee abuse policy so if any fans of ours are are crossing that line which sometimes can can be gray and we rely on the referee to determine what that line is and that in the referees eyes if they're if they're being threatened or that line is crossed they have the authority to stop the game and clear the field and we will not allow that team to have spectators for the rest of the season and we know that that's not going to be a perfect system we know that they're going to be really good parents who are caught in the fray of that sometimes but we feel like it's gotten so bad that we need to do something to start to change the culture and uh, and we, we implemented it this last spring and we and we saw very positive results um, you know pretty quick results on uh, on how referees were being treated mostly they weren't being treated anyway everyone just shut up and stopped talking and we, we have our, our state cup championship tournament uh, at the end of our spring season and it, and it was eerie it was eerily quiet like we we showed up usually there's <laughs> hundreds of fans and there's a lot of screaming and yelling and I was driving around the, the soccer complex and it was kind of felt like a ghost town and we said you can still cheer still <laughs> yeah you know but be positive just don't don't address the referees don't yeah. be negative you know be positive be a good influence and and uh, so we saw some immediate results and we're you know we're gonna work through it and hopefully see positive change but that's that's the, probably the biggest issue we've seen right now with our 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 kids our coaches and our parents experience on the sideline is is referees well, I want to ask uh, with that, I want to ask Dr. Martin, and then I'd like Shad to follow up with some of the, the things you've seen in, in, uh, in sports and, and really from your time playing in high school and college. But um, So, Dr. Martin, why do you think it is that when you're at a sporting event, we get this free card to say and do whatever we want to, and, and why do we feel this freedom because we've bought a ticket to say things to a referee or to an opposing player if you're at a professional venue, right? feel like we can get away with saying things to another human being that we would never, ever say to them outside of the stadium. And why do you think parents, I'm sure there's a psychological maybe reason, <laughs> but why do you think parents feel this, almost this, this get-out-of-jail-free card to attack referees because they're wearing a striped jersey and uh, it's just a freebie? Why do you think, uh, how do we, what do we do about that? You know, it's interesting why they do it. It probably varies to the person. But yeah. um, first, I think it's amazing that, that organizations like this are, are addressing it. Because one reason that it might happen is, is anytime we may be stressed about something and a situation is out of our control, uh, it comes out with anger a lot of times or screaming or yelling. I, I can see a lot of parents that are trying to they want to control this this outcome they want their child to win they want them to be great and those things are good motivations but it probably boils over to a very unhealthy level 
where they feel that the referee's not going to have any recourse. And so they become kind of a target for their frustrations. Um, it, it is pretty fascinating when you think about children, right, and, and adults, and you say out loud what's happening, and it, you're almost appalled by it, right? Yeah. You have, a, you have a, a referee that's either volunteering or not getting paid a yeah. lot that is trying to create an environment so that youth can have an experience where they're developing and growing, and uh, that's not their career. So they, by definition, are not professional. They're going to make mistakes, and they're screamed at by uh, the participants' parents, usually not the players, by the parents. It's it's really just uncalled for. And uh, I think what's even worse is the those youth are going to have to face things in life when it's not going their way, and it's just a bad situation or a bad call or a a boss that's not great to them. And I think we could model for them a little bit on how to, hey, you got, you got to move forward. What type of psychological damage do you think you might see from a, a child who has one of those parents? I mean, I can only imagine. I fortunately had parents that were, were pretty laid back. But um, in my experience coaching, mm-hmm. I do know kids who play afraid of mom and dad making a fool of themselves in the crowd. And I, I can only imagine that it brings some anxiety to them when they know that if they just, you know, they, they don't get called for or they get called for a penalty or something that dad's gonna you know flip out on the sideline and draw more attention and and that can't be healthy for the for no. the kid and you probably then have to deal with stuff like that later on in life yeah it's not healthy i mean depending on what age the the child is they, they need certain experiences to develop in a healthy and uh, way or at least increase the, the likelihood and one of those is they hit a stage where they've got to make some choices. They need to make some errors, yeah. and they need to try to correct those. And if they are in fear of every mistake is just ridiculed and pointed out and highlighted, um, it really does kind of stunt their growth a little bit emotionally. Um, they, it's, it's hard for them to be resilient when other factors come in. But if they're able to kind of process that and work through it and make mistakes and keep growing, uh, it's a great environment to learn that skill that every adult's going to have to have. Yeah. Shad, what are your thoughts? Well, I just think we attach too much meaning to a single game. I mean, yeah. do you remember the third or fourth Little League game you ever played? Yeah. Me neither. Yeah. Hit for the cycle. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. like... We, we act like, for whatever reason, there's something that's going on in the mind and hearts of, of parents, it seems, by their actions, that if things don't go their child's way, then all is lost and yeah. that it's over. And I think if we were to take a step back and to really remember, and we talk about it often, but what is sports all about? Like, why do we want our children to play sports? Why do we want them to participate? And if you're a, a parent who wants them to participate so they can feel the thrill of winning, uh, you're going to miss some of, the major, some of the major benefits that sports brings into the life of a child. And when they act that way, refs, referees are going to make mistakes. Umpires are going to make mistakes. Kids are going to make mistakes. And, and so parents just seem to – I don't know what they're – thinking, but I've felt it myself. So, so when I say this, 
I have felt when I'm sitting there and I'm watching and I want a certain outcome, I want my child to win so badly. Um, sometimes I attach a deep, deeper meaning to it. Well, if she wins this match or if they win this dance competition, then it will bring these opportunities and it will bring these um, abilities or this confidence into their life. And I think that sometimes we just attach a disproportional amount of outcomes to a single game yeah. where if we focus on the process, they're going to practice really hard. They're going to learn to work. They're going to learn to fail. They're going to learn to get up and, and they're going to learn that sometimes it's unfair. Sometimes yeah. things don't work out. And if our focus is on that and the process and what development could come to our child, instead of wanting to be able, as you talk about often, Dustin, it, social media sometimes enhances this because a parent wants so badly to post the picture of their kids holding the trophy and my little so-and-so accomplished so much. And they want that so bad <laughs> that <laughs> they want that maybe worse than the kids want to win. And, and the so they're taking that for they're me. Taking, yeah. They're yeah. taking away my Instagram post, yeah. you know? And, <laughs> yeah. and though they never say that out loud, I really yeah. think that that's part of what's going on, that parents attach too much personal value to their kids' accomplishments and sometimes they just forget what sports is about. Well, I can tell you what it's doing and what it is doing, and I'm, I'll am i leave this. To, you correct me if I'm wrong, Brian, but I see it in um, – I coach football, high school football, and I see it there that we're losing good referees. So if you want to make the situation worse, parents, keep doing what we're doing. Keep driving out those who do want to volunteer their time who might be – maybe they're not – of course they're not great i mean you talked about that they're not prof even the professionals are getting yelled at and, yeah we're always you know? booing refs all yeah. the time it's stuff because but I you know if the <laughs> if the ones who are at least willing to go and take it and show up and be on time so our kids can have this opportunity decide forget this this isn't worth the 40 dollars. i'm out of here the outcome is going to be either going to get worse referees because you're going to just get any Joe blow off the street that wants a buck to come in and ref, or you're not going to have them. And then you're going to have to cancel games. I know a friend of mine who runs a large baseball um, or league who has said, we are having to cancel games this last spring because we just don't have refs. Um, and Or we have one umpire instead of two umpires. And when dad, coaches get upset, why don't we have two umpires for this game? Because we don't have two umpires. Right and and but honestly, who would want to go through that that heckling? Is that a problem? Are you running into a ref yeah. shortage? Yeah, that's actually that was one of the catalysts of us starting to evaluate what was going on. Is we had to cancel. Uh, I can't remember the exact statistics, but it was like fifteen hundred games in oh our gosh. in our the previous fifteen hundred. Yeah, we games. have about seven thousand games um, a season, but all over the state. And then we had to cancel and reschedule about fifteen hundred games just because referees we didn't have enough referees for the game and sometimes that's early enough to give notice to teams and sometimes that's two teams and all their families and friends showing up and then having to leave and not get to play the game yeah. so that's that's terrible for everybody yeah. um, so that's e exactly what is happening is we, we, we we've lost some good referees who are experienced and we're not giving the new referees time to get good you know they're just like the players they, they need the same opportunity to get better at their sure. craft like players do and Unfortunately, I mean, it's as good and bad, but the, uh, nearly 70% of our referees are 18 or younger. And so that comes with, with the territory. They're, they're young, they're inexperienced, sometimes immature, um, and they need, and especially if you start yelling at them, I mean, they probably won't take it as well as someone who's 40 yeah. and had and been through some things and 
and knows how to, to respond to, to difficult things like that. So we're, we're losing referees and we're not giving the referees who come into the program enough time to get good um, to where that they'll, the, the players will have a better experience and those referees will then get to a spot that they'll want to continue to, to do games for us. So uh, it's yeah. just bad, you know, it's yeah, bad for everybody. <laughs> Can well, I mention something about that? I, I didn't know that percentage of your refs that yeah. are 17 and younger. So, I mean, take that even to another level. Like, we have adults who are verbally abusing other children at the game yeah. of their children. And, and if, you, if you turn that table That's, there real quick, I imagine yeah. they would not be very happy yeah. if someone was doing that to their child, and, and right? These kids that are refing those games are probably the kids who need to make a little bit of money so they can buy their cleats to play soccer yeah. or to play yeah. whatever. Like these aren't the kids that are have it all given to them, right? They're working. Mm -hmm. And here they come out to try to get back to the sport, make a little bit of money to pay for something <clears throat> that they need, and that's what they have to listen to. And I think, too, it's sad because the truth of the matter is that a 14-year-old can be persuaded by a mouthy father. Yeah. yeah. And so here you have a, a father who's willing to be a jerk, a mother or, or whoever who's willing to scream and yell and make a kid feel stupid, and they can actually impact the outcome of a game with someone who's that impressionable and start getting some of the calls. And so there's also a level of unfairness yeah. to Taking that advantage of like well, that's yeah. a, when you allow yeah, that bully. to happen yeah. when you bully a kid and you're really like going to what you were saying Sheldon it's like you are literally bullying a kid to get what you want like that's no better than any bully in a Disney show yeah. right and that's what's happening and the, yeah. the truth is I I remember refing basketball games as a kid and having that that dad scream and yell and and, you know, you don't want him to scream and yell because it's embarrassing. And so sometimes it does affect the way you call, even though you don't want it to. And I just think that to not put up with that for your organization to say it's not just a matter of kids not being bullied, but it's also a matter of, of creating a fair playing field, you know, where the, the least mouthy kids aren't at a disadvantage or parents of kids aren't at a disadvantage the ones who are willing to scream and yell well and referees you know i've talked to referees that have the have the opposite uh, effect so there are referees who can be bullied and intimidated and, and a, re a coach can get their way and i've talked to referees who as soon as that happens they dig their heels in and they go the opposite way and yeah. they'll they'll and they've admitted to me that they will call the game against that team or coach because they don't like what the coach is saying or they don't like what the parents are saying. So it's unfair on both, you know, can be yeah. on both sides. It affects the kids. It affects, it affects the kids' experience, which is, this is, I mean, we love our referees and, and, and we provide opportunities for our referees as well, but this ultimately is for our soccer players. You know, yeah. we, we want our kids to have a, a place to play where they can learn the game, love the game, grow in the game. And, and it just can't happen without a, a safe environment for the referees. Well, and it's been my experience, both when playing and as a coach, that if, if I have an umpire who I feel like is missing some calls for me, <laughs> it's pretty likely he's doing the same thing for the other team too, right? So I have been in games in high school and in college where I'm pitching and I've been given calls, strikes that I know were 
two inches outside. And at that point, I wasn't screaming and yelling, right? And I wasn't. I was grateful that I got the call. So if he's if he's calling the ball on me, uh, he's probably calling on the other pitcher as well. In the football game, you know, there's going to be holding penalties that we're going to get, and there's probably going to be several that we got away, got with, away with, or that the other team didn't do and, and got called on. It's just it usually works itself out. And so for parents who are upset at that ref, he keeps missing those calls. I promise you, he's not just missing them for your team. Right, and if it's at the end of the game, and it's the it's the the play that you know ends up deciding the last score, or whatever of the game, and you want to, it's it's a 50-50 call. It's happening fast. That's where you have to be the adult. Like you have to be the adult, and realize that you know sometimes you saw it one way, and and but is it possible that you were wrong? You know, maybe I, I guarantee your view behind the chain link fence wasn't as good as his view, and so. You know, and regardless, whether you're right or wrong on the decision, what are you teaching your son or daughter when we get in the car with them and we say, hey, son, the only reason you lost that game is because that referee's no good. We just taught our son that the reason you lost is somebody else's fault. So we can't, as parents, wonder why someday when our son or daughter doesn't get a job that they wanted or doesn't get, you know, included to some school they applied for and they come home and say, well, mom and dad, it's, the coach's fault, it's the boss's fault, it's the government's fault, it's wh whoever's fault, right? Because you've raised them to think it's everybody else's fault when they lose a game. Instead of saying, hey, you can control your effort and your attitude, maybe the call was missed, but were we gonna worry about it all night or are we gonna move on and enjoy the rest of the night? It's a game. It, it really is not gonna make, you're gonna forget about it in you know in a couple weeks or months from now. And But I'll tell you what you won't forget, when dad's out there screaming and yelling and making a fool of himself, and by the way, moms and dads, somebody's probably getting a video of that. So you're going to have to explain Nowadays, that. Yep. Yeah, and it, it might you might find yourself uh, trending on, on Twitter for being such a fool. But yeah, we've got to do something about it. It's not a problem that just came up, but I do believe, and you're validating this, that it's uh, getting worse. Yeah. And, and in your field, you're seeing more mental health issues. Yeah. Um, and I'm guessing it's in large part because of the not athlete or not, tell me if I'm wrong on this, because of some of the pressure that parents are putting on kids. Yeah, that, it definitely can be. And yeah. with youth sports, man, if there's ever an environment when we can just make it an environment that is going to increase the likelihood that they're developing emotionally and physically and all that, that, that that's the environment right life's yeah. already pretty tough yeah we could create a great environment a competitive environment where they play hard but they can play safe and and everyone be safe and that's that's we could do that let's not make sports uh a, let's not make sports something that adds to a kid's anxiety or as to their depression or adds to their let's let that be a, some sort of a release for the kids because that's what it should be mm-hmm uh, Sheldon I'm, or Shad, I'm going to give you the, the final words on this. What's the takeaway from this? What do you think we can do as all of us, as parents and coaches? What can we do? And then uh, we'll wrap it up. Well, I, I've been thinking a couple of thoughts as we go along. Well, first of all, I mean, one takeaway is it's just wonderful to have leaders of organizations who are willing to take action that's not popular but is needed. Yeah. And um, so, you know, kudos to you and your group because I could see a kids benefiting from that, and you're a wonderful organization. We love working with you. Those kids down in ODP and other things, that, other groups that we've met with are just incredible, and so it says a lot about your organization. I think that 
I like picturing all outcomes. And let me tell you what I mean by that. Like, so you scream and you berate a kid, a 15, 16, 17 year old referee. And imagine that kid going home. So you won the game, your team won, and you had a role in it even because you're a, a jerk, right? And, and so your, your kid gets his trophy. But I like to imagine, okay, so now imagine that kid going home, walking in his front door and having a parent say, how'd it go? And if you're the reason that that kid would bust into tears or that kid would be like, I don't know if I'm going to do it again, mom. I don't know if I'm going to do it again, dad. Like, we have to take a step back and think about what we're doing to people. And I really think there is a disconnect we would never walk up to someone in a grocery store like you began this podcast with Dustin. Yeah. Like if you wouldn't walk up to someone in a grocery store or, or a restaurant or, and just yell at them, why are we doing it to these other kids who are, you know, you wouldn't yell at a checker like that. You wouldn't yell at a bag boy. You wouldn't yell at someone at McDonald's, yeah. a 50, 60 year old who's trying to earn some money. What's the, just if you have that disconnect in your mind, if any of us have that at all, where we think it's ever okay to bully, as you talked about, Sheldon, an adult or a child, we need to check ourselves. Yeah. And and I, I think that when we do, we give our kids excuses. And like we said in one of our blog posts, what we'll find is our kids have a, a crappy life with great excuses for it because that's the way we've raised them. But if we, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Just everything that happens to me is because of this, because of this, because of this. We've trained them that because everything that happens in a soccer game, well, that's because of this. Well, that's because of this. Well, that's because of this. Well, the truth of the matter is your life is, gonna, is crappy, but you just have a really, really good excuse for a crappy life. I would rather have my kids have a good life and learn to overcome stuff. And so just the takeaway for yeah. me is remembering what sports are about creating those attributes that will create a wonderful life and not getting caught up and act like a ridiculous because we care so much about the outcome of a child's sporting event. Well, athletes, parents, let's all do better. And uh, Brian, keep up the work with the soccer organization. Keep fighting the fight. Eyes up, do the work. This has been the Sport Life Podcast from Especially for Athletes, sponsored by Coca-Cola. You can learn more about Especially for Athletes by visiting the website at especiallyforathletes.org. You can also learn more about the book, The Sportlight, by Shad Martin and Dustin Smith at especiallyforathletes.org slash book.